Welcome to the Brunch Ladies of Conchi Consignment, where you never know what we will be serving up. Welcome to episode 98 of the Brunch Ladies of Conchi Consignment. We are going to talk Swedish death cleaning. What is it all about? Um, we have special guest, Michelle of Shop Daisy Avenue. Say hi, Michelle. Hi. <laughs> yeah, so um, what is the Brunch Ladies? We like to come, hang out, brunch, just chat. About what's going on, what's going on in the consignment world, what's going on in our worlds. Uh, Michelle is a fellow reseller, uh, Shop Daisy Avenue. She always brings us like the coolest treasures and shows them off. Show them the lamps behind you. Oh my goodness, I have a dunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my gosh. So she's been specializing in lamps, which um, for those of you that can sign with me know it's not my favorite thing to do because they are mm, difficult to ship, let's say. Yes, difficult. But you love that, right? I love it. It's like a creative outlet. Yeah. So if you uh, need a lamp or are possibly <laughs> looking to sell a lamp, Michelle might be your girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... It, this all actually started, I put up on uh, the Facebook page, is there something you are saving for a special occasion? And I was kind of, I've been thinking about that a lot this week. And my mom said she has a tablecloth that is like 75 years old. She got it for her wedding or 74 years old. Hello. Good morning, Kristen. How are you? We're talking Swedish death cleaning today. Um, so she has this tablecloth and my nan loved tablecloths and we, she's never used it. She gave it to my mom for her, uh, wedding, which is, you know, 40, 48, 49 years ago now. Yeah. And it's never been used. So we're going to break it out for a special occasion, but the other responses were actually interesting and not what I expected of something. Kristen, do you have anything you're saving for a special occasion? The other ones were actually things that people are using. They save a special dress for special occasions, but it's it's in use. Um, my aunt had a um, medallion from her first communion that her daughters have used and her granddaughter just used yesterday. So I, I thought that was interesting. Like it wasn't things that people were saving and not using. It was a lot of things that people were saving and actually using for special occasions. Yeah. And I racked my brain for something that I have that I was saving. Apparently, I don't save anything. <laughs> I'm having a really hard time thinking of what Maybe. I have that. But then again, we tend we we're part of this circular economy thing, so we know that when we're done with something, we can resell it. Right. And if it's something worse, I mean, I have like a really, I have a very special diamond. That mm -hmm. was, you know, my father had given my mother. Um, I have a coin that's been in the family for a very long time, but they're not anything that I'm saving for an occasion, you know? Okay. But, All right. But I don't. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Kristen says a rural squirrel. She uses everything every day as a special occasion. My mom is a big believer in that. Like you don't have a special butter dish because it might get broken. It, you know, she always believed that it was important to teach us the value of using the things that we enjoy. Yeah. And I'm going to throw my friends, my good friend Polly out here. So um, 
she has three kids that are teenagers now and uh her mom would always say to her i'm not giving you this you can't have nice things because <laughs> you know they would get broken destroyed whatever and polly's very practical so her mom was coming to visit one time and she said my mother is going to freak out because she was using like the good lennox for like a toothbrush holder <laughs> and all sorts of things around the house she was using it all and she was so like, oh, my gosh, my mother is absolutely going to have a meltdown when she sees this. She's never going to give me anything good now. So I always think about that and just, yeah. And it's funny. The other weird thing is like, so um, when I lived in Conshohocken, in the houses, it's more urban. So the houses, people live in much smaller spaces than they do out here um, in, in rural Pennsylvania and other rural areas, right? People have larger houses. But um there was always like a focus on using more of a focus on using what you have when I when we lived in those uh, smaller houses in that more urban area. It's a little it's a little different out. It's a little different out here. Well, it, it's it's like the it's like the purse idea, right? If you have a really small purse, then you don't carry a bunch of stuff, and if yeah. you have a really large purse, you tend to carry a lot more stuff that you yeah. you don't need. Yeah, your items. Well, I guess it's like that adage, like your expenses always rise to meet your income, right? It's just maybe your items always rise to meet your your living situation. <laughs> so, all right. So have you heard, you've heard of the Swedish death, the gentle art of Swedish death cleaning? Okay. I did, I did what's, I guess the um, modern equivalent of Cliff Notes. I read the article in People Magazine. Okay. All right. Cool. All right, but had like you come across it before this? I've heard of it. I remember when yeah. the, when the book came out and it was a really big deal. And I thought someday I'll get around to reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember I I listened to the Marie Kondo book on audio uh, Audible, and I I managed to get as far as my sock drawer. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I, I this is kind of like, I want to say like a, a, a different, very different version of the same thing about like reducing, but it has a, a, to me, a different way of looking at it. Cause I've done the Marie Kondo thing. I did that with my, um, my wardrobe um, because I live, um, currently live with somebody who has hoarding tendencies. Uh, <laughs> Couldn't do it for the whole house because that would cause a major meltdown. Um, I'm sharing too much personal stuff here, but um, did it for my stuff. Oh my gosh, to open up to this day, my sock drawer and my underwear drawer are so organized and by color and fold it the Marie Kondo. It brings me such joy when I open up those, those, uh, those drawers. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. I, I can see, yeah. I can see why. I mean, during the time when I lived in the tiny house that I was renting before I bought the big house, I loved having, cause I had just a very tiny amount of stuff mm -hmm. and there was, you know, everything had a place and doing laundry and doing dishes was so easy because it made it a joy to put things away where there wasn't, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, when you're forced to do it, I grew up in a very, very tiny, tiny house. Um, and so, you know, my we were always had to be organized. My mother's like a super organizer. Um, so I grew up kind of with that mindset is like you don't need extra or, you know, everything has a place, all of that good stuff. 
Um, let's see. Kristen says, my family collects specific pressed glass pattern, had it displayed in a curio cabinets and never used it. Oh, that's a shame. I, what was the pattern? Her daughter's wedding, succulents in it, and worried. <laughs> that's wonderful. Oh, grandma did love it. That is so cool. Oh my gosh, what a perfect, perfect use of that. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, yeah. So they, yeah, they talk about stuff like this in the um, Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning. Now, I haven't read the book, but I have watched the new MB, a couple of the, um, the shows have you seen it's a show now on peacock that's uh amy poehler is the narrator of it and that they come with a psychologist and two organizers from sweden and they come and they kind of do like a who lo doesn't love like a makeover but kind of like a life makeover for these people it's really good show I so mean, it's like quarters light <sighs> no no it's not really it's not really. So the People Review called it a cross between Marie Kondo and Queer Eye because of the because it can be quite tearful. Yeah, it was it was it was tearful in a beautiful way. And I've only I've watched two of them so far. So I don't know about I don't know how many there are, what the rest of them are like, but it was the first one was absolutely fascinating about an older a woman. I think she was 75 and she had all these memories around her and surrounded herself by memories. And the psychologist went through it with her and she wasn't like out there living her life. And she was this big, vibrant personality because she was just she felt like her life was over. And by like divesting herself of these things and gifting a lot of things and selling a lot of things um she she got herself back out into living right so she did this death cleaning and it kind of opened her back up uh out into the world and you know made her realize like her life isn't over it's not in that small space she's living in she it, right. so that was that was kind of fascinating i i didn't i didn't expect to see that yeah um that inspiring yeah and as as consignment sellers or as resellers, I mean, I'm sure, you know, we've personally uh, done things in our life where we've had to go through estates, but we've also, I mean, I don't know how many people I've helped go through estates, you know, after somebody has passed and what a difficult job that is to do because number one, you're mourning, number two, it's just so much stuff like people um, and they they draw a comparison between the way uh, Swedes deal with death and the way Americans deal with death and um, how Swedish culture is more accepting of death, right? Like we're all going to die. Like it's just, it's just a fact, you know, whether that's, you know, 50 years from now, five years from now, um, days from now, we're, we're all going right. And after helping people, you know, through cleaning out an estate and so many of my consigners, and I know a lot of you out there listening and definitely, um, I may have helped get through this process. It's so overwhelming and so heartbreaking that a lot of people have adopted this new thing. Like the, one of the nicest gifts you can give somebody, your family is to do this, declutter your life, 
pass on the things that have meaning, leave notes with them, and go through this process and give your family the gift of not having to do that and go through that pain and uh, of cleaning out an estate, of trying to figure out what had meaning, what didn't have meaning. And it's kind of, you know, going through that at any point in your life so that you're not, you know, passing that along. And that's kind of like a, a weird thing to to accept or do, I think. I don't know. What, what, like, what, what do you think about that? I think it's a beautiful gift you can definitely um, give your loved ones and your family is to take care I definitely care of think it is. And the more, uh, because I've also help, helped a lot of families transition after a loss. And it's um, definitely nicer for everyone involved when the parents or the people, you know, it's not always parents. Sometimes it's an aunt or mm -hmm. have um, had some sort of organization of how they wanted things to go. Because when there's, when they, when they leave us in chaos, they literally leave us in chaos, right? Because mm -hmm. nobody knows exactly what to do with everything and what was special and what wasn't. And mm -hmm. It reminds me of that, the Peter, is it Welsh, Walsh book? Um, it's all too much. Mm -hmm. And he talks a lot about when you have so much stuff. And I, Marie Kondo made, I don't remember, um, talk about that. When you have so much stuff, like nothing is special, right? Right. You don't know what those special pieces are. When you're going through an estate or, you know, someone passes, you don't know what those special pieces are and how heartbreaking is that? So everything becomes just junk. And we want those special pieces to be special. Like we don't want it to be all, um, uh, what do you say? Like, I can't think of the word. Dilute it by all of the all of the other items that are just taking up space. Yes. Yeah. So my mom actually has done a really good job. I think my mom might be like the original death cleaner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she has actually been doing this for years and I'm realizing this only as I'm talking right now am I realizing this. She has for years like on the kids birthday or when they have a special birthday, she has taken uh, family memento, something that um, has a history behind it and, and gifted that item with a handwritten story, like my dad's belt from the Navy. Um, uh, the My grandfather used to sell eggs and it had the egg white, the old like metal, like egg grater where they weighed it, but they all came a baby booty, but they all came with like a little story. They don't take up much space. And I think that's really, really great. But they do that in the um, in the show as well as they, you know, there was a special blanket and there was there was a note, um, you know, to her loved ones like this. This was your great, great grandmother's. It kept me warm for so many years. You know, I hope you feel the love. And it was just like one special thing. You know, it's funny because I was actually thinking before we came on, I was thinking this morning about something that I've kept that I have my baby sweet tears, my little Madame Alexander baby sweet tears that was given to me when I was born by, I think a great aunt. Mm -hmm. And I have my friend Kathy's who we lost last year to breast cancer that was given to her when she was born. Then I have my daughter's 
And then I have another one I acquired recently. <laughs> and they all look exactly the same, and I couldn't tell you which one is which. <laughs> okay, all right. I know that that presents a little problem, right? Because I should have probably, as I went along, attached little notes to them of who. Sure. Because I know my daughter will probably want mine and Kathy's both because she was close to both of us. But I don't know yes. this random child that we adopted, what we're going to do with her. Oh, wow. That's a tough one. I don't know. I think you might need to write to um, the author of the <laughs> of uh, the Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning, who I don't think I said was Margarita Magnuson. Um, but... Uh, yeah, that that's a tough conundrum. I think I don't know if anybody's listening. Um, pop in the comments. What should Michelle do with it? What is the appropriate thing to do now that she has? Wait, you have one, four of them. You have four of them. One has no meaning. Three have meaning. All right. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. I'm not prepared for this. I know. Oh my gosh. The other thing I, I watched this morning, um, and I'd never seen this uh, YouTube channel. It was called The Heart of a Hoarder. And this woman is, is a hoarder. She has diagnosed, you know, hoarding disorder, I guess it's called now. Um, and she was talking about the art of Swedish death cleaning and, you know, how it triggered her um, and, and why. But this was a fascinating channel. I, oh, I found it absolutely that. fascinating. This woman opened up her life, showed photos. She was on camera. Um, a very lovely, like well put together, well spoken woman that has opened up her heart really on this YouTube channel and has shown her, you know, hoarding space. And I've only watched this one video where she was talking about this, but I was just, I was kind of blown away by it. That's amazing that, and how wonderful that she's open about it to share with others. Yeah, and she has like a whole community and they they talk about and share and encourage each other. And, you know, she still had, she had areas in her life that are in her home that were like absolute hoarding areas. I, I guess dealing with it on the other side, I've never seen somebody be so open with it because usually it's like there's a lot of, I guess, guilt and shame and, and things like that involved with it. But um, that was kind of cool. But so, you know, think about and I we've had to think about this as resellers uh, and doing estates. Um, some estate isn't always uh, when someone passes. Sometimes it's somebody that's that's downsizing or going into care, or had to move across the country, or there's all sorts of situations. Um, I've had to deal with, I shouldn't say had to, I've had the privilege of dealing with some people that are have hoarding disorder that were still with us when I did the estate. And it's it was a good reminder for me to see this because, you know, this art of Swedish death cleaning is, is really cool. And I think a beautiful gift you can give somebody, but to be understanding of the people that we may encounter that are attached to their items or, you know, dealing with something or have some trauma and like an item to them, it's good for me because like coming from like, I always say I'll sell anything. 
Yes, including my own personal belongings um, constantly. So it's really important for me not to put that on other people when I'm dealing with other people, right? Like they don't have, like there is an attachment to that item that I don't necessarily understand, but it definitely, watching that heart of a horse, it made me more empathetic to that. And so while I think this is really cool, do I think it's going to trigger a lot of people? Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, I have that little lady that I've been working with locally that um, once she lives in the house where she grew up with all of her brothers and sisters, they had immigrated from Greece and her parents um, had had a business in their in the lower floor of their house at one point and um, but I, I think at one point this house was full of a lot of life and love and the walls mm -hmm. are just covered with the most amazing items and every surface is covered with things and it's organized. It's not piled mm -hmm. on top of each other necessarily, yeah. but she wants to start, she's our age and she doesn't, she's not planning on moving, but after her, she lost her daughter to um, a really debilitating disease when her daughter was 27 and it's just her now and I realized as I was going through her house and I kind of felt torn that I was taking these family items and buying them from her that what she really wanted was for she kept saying to me my family had beautiful items didn't they and what she really wanted was the acknowledgement that she grew up in a magical home full of magical beautiful things and she mm. she wants other people to appreciate them yeah and i think that's exactly where you know consignment comes into this this you know decluttering it's appreciation for those right. items it's not throwing them in a dumpster the one woman talked about how um she had cancer and she was, she was our age and she was, you know, she had terminal, she has terminal cancer. Um, the thought of like a, a truck or a dumpster, like pulling up to her house and just her stuff being thrown in was absolutely appalling to her. Um, she wanted to sort it and make sure that people that wanted stuff would appreciate it. Yeah. And I think that's where consignment comes in. Right. And we do these estates. Um, you know, a lot of you that have consigned with me know that, you know, we treat your items better than we treat our own items. We <laughs> want to get them into the hands that somebody is going to love and appreciate and, you know, has been looking for that special piece and means something to them. So I think, you know, consignment can be a really, really great option for, for that if you're not sure um, you know, you want to clean up, but you don't want to throw it into a donation bin. You don't want to throw it into a dumpster. You want it, somebody to appreciate it. And so I think consignment, they showed like people going to donation stores. And I think that's just a really great, um, great option. So, you know, as resellers and as consignment sellers, we're very, very aware of, of that. And it's not when people come to us to consign, sometimes it's about making a little extra cash. Um, but a lot of times it's about finding those items in new home with somebody that's really going to love and appreciate them. And I think when I say that's the majority is not because people want to make money. It's because they want their items to be appreciated. And 
I can totally understand this. And I really have a whole new appreciation for it after watching the shows um, on the gentle art of Swedish death cleaning and how, how important that is. So I'm, I'm happy to be a part. I'm like so happy to be a part of that. I feel like a renewed uh, interest in this. And I will say that we are super busy because I think this is catching up. <laughs> But there are a lot of, not a lot, not enough consignment stores, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, like we are one option. Uh, we are extremely busy because everybody's doing their Swedish death cleaning right now. And, um, but there are, there are lots of other, other options. Did you, and in here, and this is something I'd never heard of. I'm so curious. It was called, and I didn't get a chance to look it up, um, Creative Reuse Centers. Mm-hmm. You all right? I never knew such a thing existed. They went to one in the first episode. So, can you talk a little bit about creative re- reuse? So we had we had one in Long Beach, and it was fascinating because people could literally donate anything. I mean, it could be yeah. like you know the colored electric wire, whatever, and um, empty spools from thread, and old buttons, and you know wood scraps, and old crafting things that they're no longer, you know, because half of the art of crafting is acquiring crafting (laughs) merchandise that you don't ever use. Right. So like they get new crafting materials and they would do everything from um, workshops on repairing your own sewing machine to um, kids workshops, you know, teaching them how to build 3d assembly collage pieces and, you know, like art and, so it was it was kind of a whole, you know not only repairing but also recreating things. Is there one anywhere? I wish we had room? one here. I know I would love to have one. Do we I mean, need to open one? <laughs> I would think the logistics like you'd have to have quite a big space, right? Like yeah. the logistics of managing that much stuff and being able to go okay, we're going to have a bin for this and a bin for that and a bin for that and knowing where everything is all the time would be like bigger than any organization project that you and I quite can wrap our minds around. But right. I, I mean, obviously it's doable because they do them. I was just, I never even knew such a thing existed. I was totally enamored with it. I, I can't wait to look up and find out more. And hopefully there's one within a couple hours driving distance of us. Cause I really oh, want to visit one. I'd love it. to. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Wow. So they were talking about like, um, the one example they used was uh, markers, like dried out markers, magic markers, Crayola, mar- whatever. And they would break them open and uh, use the the fabric. They'd just soak it in water and they'd make watercolor paints. Right. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm... I want to go to one of these centers. Actually, you know what? I probably have one. It's just not organized in my barn behind my house. I have a creative reuse center. I'm just not reusing any of it right at the moment. (laughs) There's a fascinating different version of it in New York City that's called like the Center for Industrial something or another reuse. And they get a lot of um, sewing scraps and jewelry making you know, leftovers and findings and offcuts and, and then all, and it goes, so it goes through every industry. So, um, you know, the sewing, the garment industry, the jewelry industry, but then also the television industry. So 
um, they actually handled the resale of all of the um, hard goods and I think a lot of the clothing from the Mrs. Maisel series when they finally decided to purge that warehouse and the money went back into the, but it, you have to apply to, 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 everything's free, but you have to apply to shop there. And they only really take artists and Yes, there's a few artists that do some reselling, so they do come out with some new <laughs> stuff. But um, it's a really neat program too that supports you know people in their art in New York City. Wow, the closest I know about that is on the Seller Community podcast. They interviewed somebody, um, I think it was in Colorado, that has like a the um, uh, like a sustainable like reuse fashion. Um, and use scraps or bolts or I, I don't know. I have to listen to it again. It was really fascinating. It was in like this incubator program, I think. And it was, it was really, I'm going down a whole rabbit hole here. I, you're not guys aren't going to see me for like weeks because I'm so fascinated with this. I don't, I, I, I have to find one. I have to visit one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right, Michelle, we're on it. <laughs> wow. All right. We can so go visit one. We'll go find one. All right. Cool. It'd be really nice if it was next to the ocean and they had a restaurant that serves seafood nearby. <laughs> <laughs> and a beach with umbrella drinks. Yeah, I'm putting something in here. Let's see. If you can pronounce it, you're so good at stuff like that. All right, so the art of Swedish dodning. 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 I don't know. I'm probably gonna get torn apart for this because I can't. I think that the umlaut. It's an umlaut. Oh. We have up on the screen the dosh dodning, which means death and standing means cleaning. So that's the Swedish term for Swedish for death cleaning. Um, yeah. So death cleaning isn't always about death. It's about, uh, you know, it's a, it's really about life. And you know, giving giving a gift to the people that that uh, sub what would that be called subs that are left when you're gone, but also about divesting yourself of extraneous things that are maybe keeping you from living your life to the fullest. Right. And I'm somebody that prefers to have every surface clean and likes to have like nothing around me. So I, I mean, I, I get that. Like I want everything clean. My brain functions better. But also there are people that like to have all stuff around them and it makes them feel comfortable and busy and, and that's the way they operate. So it works for both, both of both of those types of people and everybody in between. It doesn't necessarily mean like it's different than minimalism and having different, you know, totally clean surfaces and just only having what you exactly need. It, it's not that. It's really not that at all. 
Yeah. So I mean, I I think that there's something to be. I think we're kind of at the end of late stage minimalism where people are starting to, you know, everyone has everyone cleaned out during the pandemic, right? Um, yeah. For a, and I think that may be why we're seeing it. You're seeing an increase because people had to throw. I was gonna say, everybody cleaned out during the pandemic. Meanwhile, right, but they cleaned out the stuff that was trash. And then now they're kind of like living a bit freer and realizing the lightness of the, you know, the glory of a lightness of a load. So they're like starting to consign stuff because they want even mm -hmm. less stuff, but then they yeah. want to be able to curate and I call it, it's maximalism, right? They like curated maximalism is where it's at in my book. All right. There you <laughs> have it. There you have it. Yeah. And have and there's more of a, a drive to buy things that are going to last. Not this, not supporting companies that do planned obsolescence and things like that. People are becoming much more aware of we're gonna buy a couple quality things as opposed to a lot of low quality right. things that yeah will be obsolete in a couple years. So um people always say to me, Oh, well, you're in the consignment business, like you're selling things. I don't understand how that you know, relates to minimalism or Swedish death cleaning, or don't worry about us. <laughs> We're fine with inventory. I think even if everybody in the world hops on this minimalist bandwagon, we still need stuff. We're fine. <laughs> I think as resellers, we tend to yeah. want less. And, and the, you know, at some point we have more inventory than we do personal items. <laughs> I know that's definitely the case for me right now. And this this whole um, talking about this has really come because I'll be moving in the next month and a half. Um, has come at a good time. So like as I'm going through stuff, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely um, going to get rid of the few personal things I have left. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely going to be even more cold hearted than I already am with my items. And just keep in mind that, uh, you know, the more the more I have, the less special each item becomes and just hang on to the really special ones. So, yeah. yeah. Let's see. What does Rebecca say? Obvious, obvious it's doable because they do them. Most things have already been done in some way or another. Yep. 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 You got it, girl. Thank you. All right. Well, do we have any final closing thoughts on, I, I'm, we're going to be revisiting this for sure, because I, once I get into the creative reuse centers and everything like that, we'll be bringing you more, maybe even a tour if we find one. Yeah. <laughs> you see how I'm just roping Michelle right into this with <laughs> we with we plans. <laughs> All right. So any any closing thoughts? Anything you want to? I mean, share? I feel like I'm going to go clean the vanity of my because I have so many like tchotchkes on my vanity, and I don't know that I really need them there. And actually, if I brush my teeth in the morning and I see a clean space, who knows? Maybe tomorrow will be even better. Wow. Oh, that's exciting. Because I like the idea. I did read one quote from her where she said, you know, if you're waiting for the kettle to boil, go through a drawer in your kitchen and clean out duplicate, you know, gadgets. Oh, all right. All right. I like that. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm going to do that. That is mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. 
because I do actually still use the tea kettle. So Me my too. favorite things to do. Nobody understands it, but I'm like, I like the the practice of just I there's something about just having the tea kettle and boiling the water and Okay, mine's electric. I'm not gonna lie. Oh. I'm I'm like addicted to it. I, I just love it. I'll do it even on the wood stove. I'll put my kettle on the wood stove. Yeah. I've left mine and forgotten about it too many times. So I'm required to have an electric kettle. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Becky said she is definitely on the train of not um, supporting businesses or companies that um, do planned obsolescence. So that is really, really cool. And it's definitely something we should all be I'll be thinking about when we're making those, especially like large appliance purchases and things like that for our home. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was fun. I can't wait to Swedish death clean. <laughs> Can we listen to Swedish death metal at the same time? I'm going to try it. I'll let you know. I'll let you know next week if I still have my hearing intact to do this. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye. Bye. To see what Conchi Consignment is serving up on the daily, visit us at ConchiConsignment.com or on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube.